What's up, guys? From the heart of Montana, this is Carroll College's student podcast, Big Sky, Small World. Welcome back to another segment of Three Guys, Four Mics, a Big Sky, Small World podcast production. I'm Guillermo, and as always, here with Mason and Johnny. Uh, big stuff today, boys. We're going to be talking about um, Father Stu, uh, Mark Wahlberg, and hopefully a lot more. I'm here with Sage Lawrence, a Carroll student who recently interviewed, was able to sit down and interview the writer and director of the Father Stew movie, Rosalind Ross, uh, here in Helena in advance of the early premiere. So I'll just ask you, Sage, how did it go? Um, honestly, I think it went really, really well. Obviously, I wish that I had more than 10 minutes with her. I had a thousand questions that I wanted to ask her, um, not just relating to Father Stu. She's a pretty amazing woman, especially at 31 years old, to have already accomplished writing multiple different movies and to have directed her first big Hollywood movie um, is pretty incredible. She also has two children, which um, to be a mom, a director, a writer, uh, I, I find her very, very um amazing and I wish I could have spoken with her more but overall the interview was really really good. So was there anything in the interview that surprised you? Um not particularly. Um I think her response to kind of talking about what it was like to be a female um director in the world of Hollywood, her response was surprising to me. It wasn't maybe what I had expected her to say. Um but I really liked her answer and just talking about how like having a really good support system within the movie that she was making and her producer Mark Wahlberg, she said was very supportive of her and that kind of made all the difference for her. So that kind of surprised me. The whole interview with her was really really interesting and just talking to her about how she got to like know the character Father Stu and just how well loved and appreciated he was here in Helena it was really really cool. Well we hope you enjoy the interview with Sage and and Rosalind uh, the director and writer of of the Father Stu movie and uh, we'll see you on the other side. I kind of wanted to start out by asking you um, I know this is your first directing position um, what about Father Stu made you choose it? Wow, gosh, um, many things, but I think, you know, in in learning more about about who he was when I was in my sort of research phase, I was personally connected to the fact that this really was a story about a guy who was looking for purpose in his life and and who had a darkness about him and was trying to find the light in that darkness. And that's something that I can relate to having having been there and um and I think a lot of people can relate to and you know the the way in which he found his purpose is so unconventional and um and entertaining and it just you know it it uh it felt like it had the the making of a really great and, and very inspiring film to kind of connect with his like character, um, did you come to Helena beforehand to sort of like figure him out? And then who were your main like contacts to find out more about his story? I didn't come to Helena. I had been to Montana. I've spent a, a good deal of time here in different parts and I love it. I'm trying to move here as we speak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I, I spoke with his dad, Bill, and his good friend from the seminary. Um, and they gave me a really good picture of, of, uh, what he was like, you know, from personal anecdotes. And, um, and then I was given this 
pamphlet that they handed out at his memorial service and it had like dozens of stories written down from people who knew Stu and whose lives he touched and collectively they painted the picture of this man who was really larger than life and very funny and irreverent and mischievous and um and ultimately who who had a profound impact on many people and you know it was sort of the the combination of of all of that that gave me the general picture of who he was and then I felt it was my mission to try to capture his his spirit if nothing else and 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 his legacy as a woman in Hollywood I understand this is your first um, directing position what is that like for you has it been really challenging no you know um I, I I imagine that directing your first film as a man or a woman is equally challenging. <laughs> um, you just you get all the same stresses and you put all the same pressure on yourself as as an artist. No, I think you know I've um, I've been championed and supported by some really wonderful men throughout my career, women as well. But it just so happened that the producers of this film, Mark Wahlberg and Steve Levinson are men and they you know they were the ones who who put their faith in me and and gave me the shot to do this and um and I've never felt like I was treated any differently because I'm a woman um you know I think you just gotta take your seat at the at the boys table and say you're not leaving (laughs) (laughs) totally awesome thank you I also um saw that you are from Aptos California yeah, I'm not actually from that. I know okay. the internet says that. Okay. I've heard that a few times, but um, I'm from a town called Woodside, okay. which is not far from there. But okay. I, my parents moved to Aptos when I left for college. Okay. Yes, okay. but I've spent time there and I love it. Do I grew up in Monterey, California. No way. And I rode yes. now, like, in Aptos my whole childhood. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's beautiful, isn't it? Yes, it is quite lovely. I love it that my parents have a big ranch in the Santa Cruz Mountains and have yeah. wine and they, they make their own wine. That's really it's awesome. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Nice place. So nice. Okay. So you're a NorCal girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you feel like the story of Father Stu, from like what I understand of it, he was an absolutely remarkable man. Um, what do you think most touched you about his character? What most touched me about his character was that he suffered with such grace and and humility. You know, I think that's something that so many people, you know, we all have our crosses to bear and we all ask why me and why did this happen and, you know, bemoan the various things that befall us in life. Um, and he had this horrible muscular degenerative disease that he knew would claim his life. And he had such a beautiful outlook on suffering and the, the idea that while his outer body was wasting away, his internal being was being renewed every day and I thought that was so beautiful and um and so inspirational and I think you know if if anybody who watches the film or hears about his story could take away um a little bit of that outlook you know and that and that humility that would be a that's a that's a really beautiful gift to give somebody thank you so much thank you We all saw the premiere of the movie uh, just a few days ago, so we're just going to kind of go um, into what that was like and 
um, some reactions from the movie as well from students. Yeah, it was a pleasure for all of us to be able to be there, you know, see Mark Wahlberg, good to see a, a great film about a great man. And uh, so start off, uh, Guillermo. Yeah, uh, and a big thank you first off to Kathy Ramirez for making sure that we could be there, um, making mm-hmm. sure that uh, we could get the, the experience of seeing the film early, but also, um, you know, to be able to maybe ask one specific question that seems to be the most popular question to ask on this podcast. But, yeah, big thank you to Kathy Ramirez uh, for all her hard work that she does um, and to making sure that students would be able to have this experience, um, which it really was. I mean, for me, this experience was incredible. I've never been to a red carpet, so um, it was cool, you know, to see whether it was Father Bart, Mark Wahlberg, or Rosalind Ross. uh, That's not right. Don't at me, but Father Bart was the best part, or the best out of the three. It was so funny. I got a picture of him. He literally looked like he he he's like I'm a professional. Like he looks so calm. He did look professional. And yeah, it was just really really cool to have that um, and to be able to see that. So yeah. watching him uh, watching him be interviewed was kind of cool. Um, just like watching him back there, all the cameras were on him, and I was like, oh, that's Father Bart. Just seeing him back there. Behind the red carpet. I mean, it's pretty cool. And I've never, like, never imagined, like, the hell in a movie theater kind of looking like that. And when I first walked in, I was like, this does not look like the normal hell in a movie theater. The Cinemark? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what is all this? And because, like, being there before, you know, going to normal movies, just like a normal theater. And then they turned it into some, like, Hollywood place. And so... Well, it's yeah, kind of cool. Being from Montana, Johnny and I, and Guillermo, I'm sure the same with you from being from Colorado, but it was like just something that we've obviously, none of us have ever seen before, and that's just not something that happens on an everyday basis, basis obviously, and that was really cool to see. Yeah, and I mean, the, the whole experience was like surreal. I, I think I already said that, but like you you never think that something could change so drastically to like... The Cinemark, I'm going to be honest, it's it's not the nicest theater I've been at, but the way it just transformed for the premiere, it was like, this is the nicest theater I've ever been mm-hmm. to. So it was just really cool to, you know, see that transition of it becoming such a big thing. And obviously all the work that Sony put into making sure that not only Carol students would be able to see the premiere, but also um, the classmates, the friends, everyone mm-hmm. who, who knew Father Stu to actually be there and to be experiencing the story first. And it's just a blessing for this movie to premiere in Helena. Obviously, Father Stude has deep ties here. And it was just, I think, really special and really important for the people of the Carroll College community and the community of uh, Helena, Montana, to be able to be a part of that. Yeah, uh, definitely great. I mean, that was definitely great for all the students to get to witness something like that. Uh, I mean, I think I heard that there were uh, somewhere around 100 students that got to go. Uh, and they had multiple theaters, too. I mean, like the one we were in, obviously, wasn't the only one with students. Uh, I think there were a couple others and then some other private screenings. But really, like, every theater, I'm pretty sure, was hosting the hosting the movie, and almost everyone probably had students in it. So that's great. Yeah, and actually, the one we were sitting in was not only Dr. Sex Family, it was the Ramirez's, and then... Father Mark was in there too. Father Mark, and then uh, the Capitol High School. Um, is he the principal or something that he knew Father Stu? Yeah, or something like that? there was like 
I think the Capital High vice principal or something like that. I can't remember, but he was Father Stu's boxing coach. Yeah, his boxing coach was there. That's what right? it was. Okay. And then some other guy who was like his Into boxing assistant. So, no, so the other guy, I actually just saw um, something on Facebook about it, but it's, yeah, I sound old. I have Facebook. Um, his boxing friend, and he not only boxed with Father Stu, but he also um, played on the football team with him. Okay. So, so I mean, that's pretty cool. The guy sure. looked huge. Like, he looked jacked. Like, yeah. he looked really cool. And, it like, his caption was, like, never back in 1984 or whatever year, like, he was here. He's, like, never before would I have imagined that this was the, what it was going to come to. This story was going to mm-hmm. be created. So, I don't know. To kind of see and read that caption was one of those things where I'm, like, this is really, really important for us. And especially in Helena, like, something so big as to have a Sony premiere, one of the biggest production companies in the world to, to be here. It's not only an experience for students or for the community, it's an experience for the people who actually lived in that time. Yeah, I just kind of wonder, like, uh, guy you're talking about, and, like, many others that knew him, like, watch this movie, like, I kind of wonder what goes through their their heads as they watch this. Because, like, someone who knew... Um, like, as being someone who knew Father Stu personal, like they did, just, like, watching the movie and seeing, like, his life in that, like, how he's portrayed and all that. Like, I was kind of curious, like, what's going through and, like, Father Bart, too, like, them being good friends. Hopefully we can get him on next week to talk about mm-hmm. Father Stu because they were pretty close. But I just kind of wonder, like, what's going through their heads, like, as they're watching the movie and, like, saying, is this accurate or whatever. Um, so I was kind of Curious about that. And just the fact that a movie like this was made in the first place in today's society. The fact that a company as big as Sony picked up a story like this about a, a priest is just insane. Yeah, from Helena. Priest from Helena. So Carroll College. I found the guy. His name is Palmer Hoovestal. And yeah, so he boxed and played football with Father Stu. I don't know. That's just cool. Like, to obviously... And it would have been so cool to interview him. We probably could have had the chance, mm-hmm. honestly. But a big shout-out to him because he's watching what seems to be one of his close friend's life being replayed on a movie screen. I can't imagine somebody watching a movie about my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not only would there be a lot that people would be like, when did this happen? But also it's like exposing so much deeper truth, especially in this context, like the deeper truth of what, faith is for a person and being able to see that through a different lens Mm -hmm. like on a movie screen like you said a company like sony doing this in an environment like today where it's become very um secular secular, very (coughs) divided between the church and everything Everything else else. like it's just amazing that Mm -hmm. they've been putting so much time and effort and money into this to make sure that it goes out into the world yeah, and I don't even. They obviously probably don't even care if it does well in the box office. But truthfully, I think it could do really well in the box office. I think it's a really powerful story that a lot of people are going to be able to relate to, and uh, kind of. Yeah, I don't want to say it reminds me of because they're nothing alike. But I remember, not remember, but when Passion of Christ came out, that movie wasn't supposed to do good at all in the box office, and it went and smashed records for its kind of movie or whatever. I think it could be something like that. Obviously, not to the as big of a scale as Passion was, but. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely, like, a big deal. Um, and going off, like, what you were just saying, Guillermo, 
like Sony doing all that. For sure, we talked about this in Father Mark's class the other day. Uh, he was kind of saying how like how like the effort that they put into it was like like really it was really like they put like good effort into it and like into the making. And he was talking about how like they literally brought like trucks and vans full of stuff to like do interviews with on Carol. Um, and like our our the campus ministry lounge was like fully decorated like like a little just interview all that and, different yeah. technology and stuff yeah and so it's like they really like put the effort into the into it and obviously as we've heard like Mark Wahlberg literally funded the movie for himself uh, or by himself like funded the movie most of it and paid for it and so like that just shows too like how much they all care about it as well how much of a big deal it really is. And, I mean, speaking of Mark Wahlberg, like, this, again, like you just said, putting so much money into it, like, it really shows that even these people that we treat as gods still believe in God. They still go out and devout themselves to their faith, which was really cool. You you got to meet him, Johnny. But, I mean, from from that experience of being in the movie theater, listening to him talk of how important this story was to him. <laughs> Tell you, we all know how much love Stu spread, especially in the short amount of time during his priesthood. And hopefully, you guys realize that an equal amount of love went into making the movie to honor Stu, to his, uh, his story, his family, his friends, all of his parishioners, all of you, anybody who was fortunate enough to get to know Stu personally. Uh, you're that much better for it. And now the world is going to get to know Father Stu. So, I was honored to be chosen to tell this story to bring it to you guys first. And don't worry, I know there's some language in there. You guys have probably heard it. Uh, but enjoy, laugh and cry. And you'll, you'll learn much more from the movie than you will from us talking. So thank you guys so much for allowing us to share it with you. And I can't wait to come back in the summer. We're going to go fly fishing, play some golf and football with these scrubs here. He's obviously from Boston. He's a very, like, you know, every movie he's in, he's a feisty guy. Mm-hmm. So... It, it kind of obviously speaks to him, and I I just find it, like, he seemed like such a down-to-earth mm-hmm. guy, and the way he handled the pressure, like, all the students crowding him all the time. This guy yeah. comes out eventually, you want to see so Father Mark, but I want to see Mark. Yeah, I know. To stand out here. Uh, someone's going to I think he'll feel bad enough for us for being out here for so long that he'll be, like, at least he'll give us a wave. Sure. We are putting in the work to be out here, so I hope so. The way he handled that and spent as much time as he could with the students, with the people of who were supposed to be there, just that effort that he put into it was like, wow, this is mm-hmm. this is insane. Like this is amazing to see that a person like Mark Wahlberg cares so much about something so big. Yeah, and uh, Father Mark got a chance to talk to Mark on Monday, and uh, he was just kind of telling us. Uh, well, I mean, he was saying how he was just like a genuinely kind and oh, down to earth guy. I remember guy. what I was gonna say. He was talking about like how certain saints kind of choose you 
in your in your faith life. And Mark Wahlberg was just basically saying kind of how he felt that Father Stu chose him to portray uh, him in the movie. And I thought that was really cool and powerful that Mark uh, had that experience and that feeling of Father Stu choosing him and pushing him into that role to become deeper into his faith. Yeah, it all, it all just sound or it all just seemed like it's meant to be, of course, because obviously these roles are like they fit Mark Wahlberg, and so it was just like he's the perfect guy for it, and obviously he like felt that call to do it and get the movie going, and obviously um, it's probably going to be quite a success. So, and can I just say like. While we were in that movie theater, uh, it was a really cool experience. Again, we got to meet the director. We got to meet Mark. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. Dr. Sec with his classic go sang Ghost line Sands. to introduce Mark. <laughs> Friends and students of Carroll College, we are so fortunate tonight to have Mark Wahlberg, Rosie Ross with us today. And earlier today, the Bishop and Father Mark and I got to spend some time with Mark and Rosie in the chapel and, uh, and just have, have a conversation. And one of the things that really struck me is that when I thank them for having this opening here in Helena at Carroll College, um, Mark's response really struck my heart. He said, you know what? This is the most important place in the world to have this opening, this premiere. And ladies and gentlemen, you are here, a part of it. And Mark and Rosie, and please pass on to Mel, thank you for telling the story of Father Stu. It's a story that's so badly needed to be heard in our world today. And Ladies and gentlemen, let's give them an incredible welcome by shouting two words. You know what you do. Okay, on the count of three. One, two, three. I would have liked maybe, and this is my personal thought, it would have been cool to start with prayer. That would have been cool. Yeah. Thank you. But instead it was please welcome that was overlooked, yeah. Mark Wahlberg with a go saints. It's like I don't know, it just didn't feel right. We were supposed to be going into this movie theater with a mindset of open hearts, mm -hmm. listening to what the story is about. It just felt like it got so, it got made into such a big deal for the actor being there, not for the actual story that mm -hmm. they were trying to portray. I don't know. That's my personal opinion. Like, yeah. it, it just kind of bothered me. But that I, we I still think it was really good, though. That some of those oh, people no, that sure. came probably just to see Mark got to experience that movie, and I hope that it spoke to them. Yeah, in a good way, and I hope that God can use that to work more in their lives. But yeah, for sure. Um, and speaking of students, uh, we're gonna play a couple of clips for you guys, just of what students had to say, what graces they took away, and then uh, we'll go ahead and take some time to respond to, you mm -hmm. know, what we thought were the biggest graces from Father Stu. Chuck, for people who haven't seen the movie, what would you say was your biggest takeaway? I think this um, the movie with Father Stu was very good. Um, it was a good movie to show the conversion of heart um, from someone who I uh, didn't really necessarily believe to having an encounter with Christ um, to, yeah, then becoming one day a priest. Um, it does a good job of entering into his life. 
um, and showing the struggles he went through through his conversion, but also the day-to-day struggles he had just in life. Uh, now we have Sophia Frey. Sophia, what did you like about the movie, and what was your favorite part? I really liked how real the movie was. It was super authentic. It wasn't sugar-coated. Um, my favorite part was probably the accident where Father Stu had his big conversion. Um, just the image of the Blessed Mother holding him was really cool, and it was really powerful and moving. Nice. Is there anything that you didn't like about the movie? Oh, the swearing was a little bit excessive in my opinion, but other than that, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Good. Thank you, Sophia. Shay, what were your thoughts on the Father Stu premiere, and what would you say to people who haven't seen the movie yet? Um, I really enjoyed the premiere. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoyed watching the film with some of my other friends. Uh, it was great seeing Mark Wahlberg. He seemed like a very nice uh, gentleman who handled the the publicity very well. Um, he seemed like a very normal guy, um, so I, I like that about him. Um, as far as the movie goes, I thought it was a great story that uh, definitely needed to be shared uh, shared more. And I think Carol students, a lot of Carol students, didn't know about Father Stu's story, and I thought the movie did a great job of of telling that story. And I hope that. Um, more people in our community and um, you know nationwide have a chance to see the, the film. For the people who haven't seen the movie, what would you say was your biggest takeaway? It showed how everyone's faith journey is different, but also how no matter who you are, your faith can always grow. Matt Keck, thoughts on the film? It was pretty good. It was um, a lot more... I'm not focused on before the conversion than I thought it would be, but it's really good. What does it help you reflect on? Mm. I mean, I only know a little bit about the actual story of Father Stu. Uh, but, I mean, it helps you reflect a lot on suffering and kind of acceptance and abandonment to God's will, which is, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And it's hard to do in a film, but it's good that it brings that to reality in a very real way where people can see it and see suffering in that way. Do you have anything else to say about the movie? Did you like it? Should people go and see it when it comes out? I think people should definitely go see it. I think it was a great movie. Thank you, Bridget, for your answers. We're also here with Jack Snower. Jack, what did you think of the movie? I think it was a pretty inspiring story. I think it was a good thing uh, to be made on such a big scale. I would highly recommend that people watch this movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. My name is John Phillips. As you may remember, I was with Miller and Asher last semester on the podcast, and we're doing. I'm doing something a little different this, the remaining of the semester for the podcast. I'm gonna be releasing weekly movie segments. So yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. So the Father Stew movie. It, it was first of all, it's it was a real treat going to the pre-screening before going to a pre-screening, before, you know, a lot of the critics even got to go and the general population of the United States and lots of other places. It was really fun. Obviously got to see Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg, and that was really cool. Um, it just, yeah, it just made me feel special. Johnny and I, Johnny also on the podcast, He we got a cool picture on the red carpet and packed house, obviously, all the... Carol students seemed to enjoy seemed to have enjoyed it, and you know I did as well. 
And yeah, it was real special. So let's get into it. Father Stew movie, spoiler free, as I said, review. The Mar- So first off, I should talk about just Mark's performance. So Mark Wahlberg's performance. In preparation for watching Father Stew, I watched, a, re-watched and rewatched a lot of Mark's films. And a lot of those films, some of those films include biopic portrayals, you know, portraying biographical characters. And Mark, he's one of the actors that's done it quite a few times. Um, he does it quite a bit. Christian Bale does it quite a bit as well. And in fact, Christian Bale and, and Mark Wahlberg were both in The Fighter, which is based on a true story. And so basically where I'm, I'm leading with this is Mark knows his way around tr- playing biographical characters. He knows, the, I, he knows the ins and outs of it. I mean, I assume so. He's done it a billion times. And I can see how that really helped with this film because he, he probably knew how to prepare for a role like this, you know, who to talk to and things like that. And ultimately, I consider this a solid performance from Mark. He played the he played the character well, and um, it's not necessarily you know Oscar worthy, but it was definitely a solid performance. Although I have seen worse performance go up for Oscars, so and like I said, Mark's performance was not at all bad. It, it was quite solid, and just like all of his other performances with biographical characters, he really does know how to play those characters well. And he kind of, with all those performances, except for The Fighter, which I think he actually went up for an Oscar for, he really fits in that category where, you know, it's not a terrible performance. It's not necessarily a good performance. It, it, well, it is. It really is a solid performance, but it's not quite, you know, Oscar-worthy. It's not, you know, Marlon Brando and The Godfather or something to that extent. But it is a, a quality performance nonetheless. He did go full Christian Bale. I, I referenced Christian Bale earlier. He did, so about, I don't know, two-thirds of the way through the film, maybe three-fourths of the way through the film, He it shows his character, Father Stu, ha- has gained a lot of weight because of his, in part because of his, mostly because of his, you know, disease that he has. And that was not, no makeup, that was nothing, no prosthetics, that was all Mark gaining that weight. And going off of his infamous, you know, workout regime. For those that don't know, he gets up at like, you know, four in the morning or so, I think even earlier than that, and does this whole workout regime to stay absolutely, you know, fit beyond belief and and super buff and everything. But obviously he went away from that so he could gain the weight to portray what Father Stu looked like at that time in his life. And he did a he very method of him, and again, very much like Christian Bale. For those that all, for those that don't know as well, Christian Bale he is infamous for constantly gaining and losing a lot of weight in a rapid amount of time for some of his roles. I think it was between maybe it was The Machinist and Batman Begins, something between a Batman movie and some movie where he had to lose a lot of weight. He gained and like he gained and dropped an absurd uh, amount of weight that you would have never thought possible. But I, I don't know the exact the exact amount of weight he lost or, or gained, but it was quite crazy. He um he definitely goes hard on his roles for sure. 
I did like the witty comedy and comedy of Mark Wahlberg. I thought he did a good job portraying that. And from what I've from what I've read and heard, Father Stu was kind of he, he was like that with with his with his comedy. And I loved those bits. I thought they were timed so well and were quite funny. The pacing around his injury. So when he gets hit by the the car and and the car rolls over him uh, around that section, you know, him getting, getting better and things of that nature. I thought the pacing was kind of iffy because it felt like, okay, you know, he's going to get injured, but we're going to see this buildup of him slowly getting better. But it kind of just on a dime switched to when he was, you know, completely fine and everything. And I felt that was kind of awkward to me uh, viewing it. And didn't quite, it was kind of awkward, I feel like, that transition. So I, I was hoping maybe, it is kind of stereotypical, but maybe some sort of, you know, gradual, even if it's just one or two scenes, gradual, gradually showing his progress to full strength. Although maybe they did film that and they cut it out because they had to get to other things. It is a two hour and four minute film. So... That, so from that perspective, they probably wanted to keep it around that two-hour mark where most films are at, most drama films are, are, roughly. So maybe they did film that, but they felt like they had to take it out. Either way, that is what I thought about that section and still find true depending on, you know, whatever else happened. The script was detailed. I will give them that. I love when film scripts are very detailed and throw a lot of things out at you. Another movie that that remind that also has a very detailed script is spotlight. You know, they're really throwing out a lot of terms at you and a lot of, you know, dialogue. And I love that, you know, the movie 12 angry men first brought me on to how, you know, fantastic and great and important dialogue is. And obviously the father stew movie knew that and implemented that well, much like spotlight. For those that don't know what spotlight is, it's about, the uh, Catholic Church that was hiding all those priests that were abusing children and the the Boston Globe exposing them. And, and so that was a very detailed script, again, much like fathers do. Mel Gibson can always put pull the venomous side out of his characters, and he, again, did it well in this film. I loved kind of the the natural and slow ease into his remarks towards, you know, you know, the, the church and, you know, the Catholic church and religion and all those sort of things. He, he, he presented those well and really made it, made, gave you a convincing role of his hate for that. And along with just being a great actor, I mean, come on now, lethal weapon, Braveheart, all that stuff. What a guy lethal weapon, by the way, I just want to point this out is a better movie than Die Hard. You can fight me on that. If you want to come on the podcast and fight me, we can do that. We can debate which one's better, but it's Lethal Weapon. Come on now. Also, it's kind of funny. Johnny's not here, but I had a prediction with Johnny. So before the, it was a couple, it was, I think it was, it was the morning of the, the showing. I predicted that, and I was somewhat familiar with Father Stu's story because I read an article on it when they were talking about Mark Wahlberg coming to Helena. And so I predicted that the opening scene would be Father Stu boxing and which uh, Father Stu boxing. And then in that scene, he gets his jaw hurt 
and it kind of fades to black because he gets knocked out or whatever. And then the next shot is him in the hospital looking at the x-rays. I was so close, but so far. So it wasn't the opening scene. The opening scene was him as a, was Father Stu as a kid dancing around the living room to um, Elvis and, and Mel Gibson, his father watching. And then the next scene was him boxing. So I was so close yet so far. <sighs> it's a shame. I, I, once I, because the reason I predict this is because I know my way around biopics, the off, the formula that is often developed for them and boxing movies too. Seen quite a few of those. Million Dollar Baby, great film. Clint Eastwood, the director, my favorite director of all time. There's a little thing for you. And so I kind of have the, the idea of, of how those movies work, but I was wrong. So, oh, well, what can you do? So yeah, that is my... Thoughts on Father Stew. Again, great experience. I hope to go to another pre-screening sometime soon. That would be really fun. It, it, it was, it, you really did feel special, and it was cool being with Johnny Mason, and it was, and some of my other friends, and uh, just having a packed theater, first of all, was great. I mean, I, there are a few places that that I just hold dearly in my heart. One is a movie theater, just when everything fades to black, all the lights fade, and you're just watching a movie on a big screen. It's hard to beat, and on the river. I'm a huge fly fisherman as well. And it, there was nothing quite hits the same as, you know, a packed theater all together, good vibes, watching a film. And that was definitely evident at the pre-screening of Father Stew. So it was a great experience, and I again, I hope to someday experience a pre-screening again. Hearing these stories, um, hearing what these other students experienced was, you know, a really cool experience um, for me to be able to interview first off, but I don't know, what, what were your guys's, what did you guys take away from this? What was the big picture things that you found that fitted not only into your life, but for people who haven't seen the movie, what can they expect? Yeah, I mean, at least for me, and I'll try not to uh, spoil the movie a whole lot, of course. Um, but really, like, I'm sure most people just generally know his story by now. Um, just, like, knowing that he had, um, like, a his life, you know, was kind of rough at first. And he had a big conversion and everything. Um, and so that kind of, like, in a way can speak to lots of people. And it spoke to me, of course, too. Um, and I just felt like, you know, knowing that, like, that also says the whole point of, like, you know, nothing is impossible, um, especially, like, with God, um, how he can take someone like that and then change their lives and take out of that, like, more good in a way. Um, and so that was, like, a big thing for me. And really just, like, how he... Um, preached like knowing he was disabled of course um and how he took that as he for me he took that more as like a blessing so i see of course um and so obviously and it's portrayed in the movie quite well that like what happened to him he didn't you know have like he didn't really necessarily go downhill after that and like have a crappy life um like on purpose like a mindset that my life's gonna be awful he kind of turn that in a way to where I'm going to use what uh, God has given me 
and I'm going to use that for good and to help others. So. Nathan? Yeah, I mean, I thought the movie was very relatable to a lot of different people, not just in my own life. Um, there's a couple of just parts of the story that really spoke to me um, just in my own personal life. But uh, I just really thought that the movie is going to speak to a lot of people because of that relatability and especially the relatability of your faith life is not going to be easy all the time. In fact, it probably isn't going to be easy most of the time. And just, you know, seeing Father Stu's or Mark Wahlberg's uh, portrayal of Father Stu and Father Stu himself failing multiple times and always just coming back and uh, keep pushing forward is just really inspiring. I think that's something that's going to be really good for a lot of people to experience for themselves. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, throughout the movie, there's just so many times where he he like gets said no like no um like gets said to him a lot about different things well and then he says and it too all yeah. the time and so like that all just got turned into a big yes like more so at the end of his life throughout his life I, he started saying yes more but that's when his physical abilities were taken away but that's kind of just like when god started not necessarily working his life because obviously he's working on all of our lives all the time. But how Father Stu was more open to that help from the people around him and from receiving that love and grace from God once he started saying yes, which was after he started experiencing some of his physical um, things. So I thought that was a really cool part of his story. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the things, too, like even if you're not Catholic, I highly encourage you to check this movie out because – um, I definitely know that some people who have seen the movie have not been Catholic and were, were there because they got invited and they went. Uh, they said yes to that opportunity, right, which is part of it. But one of the big things that I kind of took away from it is live your life because you never know how fast it's going to go by. Father Stu left, you know, from what we know, he lived his life as if it wasn't going to end. And it, I don't know what kind of spoke to it is that life can change in an instant. Like literally one minute, it, it's perfect. The next minute, completely changed. So um, that whole idea of enjoying every single moment that you're living in, like living in that moment, that's a, been a big theme of this past week, actually, um, at Mass, but and also in conversations I've had with people. But enjoying what you have now, enjoying where it's going to go, not trying to predict your future, set your future up. Um, that's one of the other big things um, from the movie. Like, you make all these big picture ideas in your mind of what you want your life to look like. At the end of the day, it's not my will be done, it's thy will be done, mm-hmm. right? Um, God has a plan for all of us, and we may not like what we get right away, but being patient and trusting and saying yes to even the hardest of situations, God will provide. And again, if you don't believe in God, it's knowing that at any instant life can change and going with that mindset and saying, I'm going to enjoy the present, I'm going to enjoy now and not expect anything later, if that makes sense. Um, And kind of to speak to that too, one of the things in... um, this is probably going to be controversial, but I really didn't like the whole idea of living life through the screen that I saw this week. 
And what I mean by that is, yes, obviously everybody wants a picture with Mark Wahlberg. I think that is amazing. It's got to be good. But constantly only seeing him through that screen and not enjoying his physical presence there. Because, I don't know, I didn't get the chance to uh, take a picture with him, but I put my phone down as we were going into the movie theater. Everybody else has got their phones out. And I just took one look at that man, and I said, I wonder how his day's going. Wonder what he's feeling right now. Probably overwhelmed with the amount of phones and cameras and pictures that are going to be happening, that are going on. And I don't know, just taking a step back, like my mind just wanted to say, Mark, how's your day been? You know, like that's where my mindset was. And it, it, it really... It's not supposed to bother me, and it, it shouldn't bother me as much as it does, but I think it's definitely important to um, have those memories of taking a picture with Mark Wahlberg because once in a lifetime, right, of course. But um, just taking a step back, too, and realizing I need to also enjoy the presence that's there, not just the picture that I'm going to get with him and then move on with my life. Yeah, yeah. and it's just kind of important, too, to remember that – all these huge figures in the world are normal human beings. And that goes the same with just, sometimes it's hard to remember even just with priests that they're just normal guys. That like, they're just like you and me. But yeah, that's what, I like what you said about that Guillermo. I'm sure he's all like, of course used to all that, but like I'd be overwhelmed too, like all that. And I'd definitely be like, you know, maybe someone's asking me how my day is going or whatever. Um, cause like we said, he is just like a normal human being too. Honestly, I don't know, I was saying this, like sound hypocritical, but I mean, I got a picture with him. I wanted a picture and all that. And was like, dude, can I take a picture with you and all that? And I mean, that was cool, but like that interaction I did have with him, like I could really tell like just a normal guy, like he's really down to earth. He's really nice and cool. And like, he doesn't get wrapped up in all of his fame. I think that's a big part. Um, at least that's something that I saw was that he was just, you know, taking it, taking it all step by step and didn't get wrapped up in like, all oh, these kids want to see me so bad or whatever, or all that. I mean, uh, definitely he was, he knew like he was there for more important things, but it was obviously like a really kind act for him to like come outside and all that. But just like speaking on the interaction I had with him was like, he didn't, he didn't sound like he was more famous than everyone else and whatnot when he was talking to kids. And so I think that's a big part of it as well. Mason, what were you saying um, the day he was here? You you said oh. something. That <laughs> I was saying, uh, yeah, I don't get it, guys. Like, Mark's just a normal guy. That's a little funny. Whenever I walk in a room, nobody ever says anything. <laughs> Come on now. What is this? <laughs> yeah, that, that's funny. And I think, yeah, like, again, he's a normal dude, and we have to see – not just him, but again, a lot of these people that are very influential, that they're normal people. Yeah, they've got a big group of people falling behind them, but they're still human. They still make mistakes. They're just as devout as us. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. That I, I think that's cool. Well, and it's just kind of the, like, this is way off topic, but it's just kind of the way, like, that I don't like cancel culture at all, and I'm sure almost everybody at camp on campus can agree but it's just like, why are we getting mad at these people for one thing when you're probably doing something just as quote-unquote awful as they are? 
Hmm. Like, come on now, guys. Yeah, so it's it's definitely been an interesting week. I I again, I doubt he's gonna listen to this, but like a big thank you to to Mark Wahlberg for coming out, and a big thank you to Sony and just for sharing this such such an important story that definitely not only means a lot to the Carol community but to the whole Helena community as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure. I think it was great that he obviously took the took the time to come to Carroll College and having like the premiere be in Helena is kind of a kind of a cool deal, a big deal as well and probably will never something like that'll probably never happen. I mean, not never, but for a long time. What are you talking about, again. man? Johnny Day the movie. Mason the oh, movie. Oh, 50 years from now? 50 years from now. Movie about our lives as roommates. Three Five Guys, Four Mics. There's going to be a movie called Three Guys, Four Mics. Yeah. About this what podcast. a great movie. About this podcast. W- would it be a backstory movie where it follows each of our backstories up until this point? Or oh, what? gosh. I don't know. That would be... The movie ends with us doing the, a podcast. Yeah, the movie ends That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things that I will say about the movie that I enjoyed, it was really funny. I thought I was going to be funny. somber like and sad the whole time. I think, like, for what it was, it was hilarious. There were so many good one-liners in there. Exactly. And, like, there was so much that I was like, this is making this story. And I think this is the point. It was making the story more relatable to show, like you were saying, priests are also human beings. As much as we glorify people, they're still human beings. Like, they were trying to get it to relate not only to, like, a certain audience, but it's really there to capture the whole audience, which was great. Like, I thought it was really funny. I don't know. Like like I you said, a lot funny. of one-liners that I was like, that's good. That's real good. So, And just, like, the amount of one-liners that were not necessarily funny, but just one-liners that really hit deep. Like, I remember, I don't remember what the specific line was, but there's a line where Mark Wahlberg said, ever since the day of the crash, I've realized how much uh, God's purpose for me is. I thought that was really cool. Obviously, that's not a specific quote, but that's something that really touched my heart. I don't know what you guys think about that. but Yeah, no, I think that's great. And obviously, all of like everything we're talking about, it's all accurate, too. You know how Hollywood movies can be kind of go their own way, and they can kind of make stuff up as they go. But like talking about like the language and all that, like it was, it was that was like how Father Stu was. Um, and that was actually, like, realistic things he would say and how he would act. And so I thought that was really cool. Well, uh, yeah, so just kind of to wrap up, um, hopefully we'll have Father Barton at some point in time, um, somebody who went to seminary at the same time as Father Stu. Yeah, they were ordained together. They were ordained together. Yeah, so Best um, friends. So that would be really cool um, to have him on. And honestly, I think having anyone who was at that premiere on, even maybe even inviting Kathy Ramirez would mm-hmm. be cool just to get her side of the perspective of things. But yeah, um, if you guys get the opportunity, Tuesday, next Tuesday, um, this should come out on Friday. So Tuesday um, of that following week, there's going to be another premiere for students. And again, I just highly encourage you, whether you're Catholic or not, practicing or not, go to the movie, experience it for yourself, say yes to the invitation, and just... Keep living life in the moment. Don't try and, like, focus too much on what can change in the future, what you want to control in the future, because at the end of the day, it's not up to you, as much as you try. But, yeah, this has been Three Guys, Four Mics, um, a Big Sky Small World podcast, and we'll see you guys next week.